And uh, I was wondering, maybe you know of some of the favorite verses, or you know some verses, but maybe you don't know they're from First Peter. There are some favorites in First Peter. Just let me read a few, and you could probably finish them as I start them. The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor at the glory at the glory and honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's first Peter chapter one verse seven. Verse fifteen says, But as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all conversation. And verse eighteen for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Other favorites you might have or verses you might have memorized over time in your Christian life. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Another one in chapter 2 of 1 Peter and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And so that's a, another one that might be a favourite. In verse 13 of that same chapter, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king, as supreme or as unto governors, and we know all about that right now, don't we? With the uh, shut, shut down and shut in and, and restrictions that we have, submitting to the authority, because he beareth not the sword or uh, the bill book, <laughs> the fined book, whatever he calls it, in vain. Um, <clears throat> other references, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, it there talks about wives submitting to their husbands. And uh, their adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the hair and wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Those references and others in First Peter are favourites that we might have memorised over time in Sunday school and as growing Christians. <clears throat> well, let's notice first of all t tonight Peter's autograph, his signature. We saw in a, a letter at the end Well, Peter starts by saying Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ and this is the introduction really to Peter first and second Peter and uh, it's about the man himself when you think of Peter do you know where he used to live where his residence was you'll probably guess well he's a fisherman and what sea did they did he fish in it was the Sea of Galilee so somewhere around the Sea of Galilee that he he resided it was at Bethsaida in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 44, it tells us there he was of Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida is up the top of the Sea of Galilee and a bit to the right hand of where the Jordan River enters the top of the Sea of Galilee. Um, <clears throat> he is identified, Peter is, as the son of Jonah or John in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 42. We'll look at John in a, in a moment. But there, John 1, 42, his father's name, John. And he had a brother named Andrew. And we'll look at this one. This is found in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 4 and verse 18, where he's said to be the brother of Andrew. Or oh, Andrew's being his brother. Chapter 4 and verse 18, we read there, <clears throat> 
And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Um, <clears throat> in chapter 8 of, Ch of Matthew, in verse 14, it also tells us something more about Peter and his background. I'll read that for you and you get, you'll get what it's talking about. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. What does this tell us? That Peter was married. His wife's mother. It mentions there who was sick. It also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5 where Paul is speaking. Paul said he could have been married like Peter and taken his wife all around. But he wasn't married. But Peter was married. Now you get where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> that Peter was not the first Pope. Peter was a married man. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we probably know more about Peter than any of the other apostles, maybe save John and, and Paul. He was a very outspoken individual. Uh, he was a loud individual. You can tell that by his leading and saying things before the rest of the disciples or apostles. Well, I've said at times he's had, he had foot and mouth disease. He opened his mouth and inserted his foot before he put his brain into gear because many times he got into trouble for doing so. But we learn a lot from him doing that. So we should say thank you, Peter, for doing that. Uh, <clears throat> he thought on his feet. He was one of the inner circle with James and John that were often called to places that the other disciples were not called. Now, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, no, verse, let's see, it's verse 13. It tells us something about Peter by the comments of others. Now, when they, that's the religious leaders of Israel, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. It tells us here that these were unlearned and ignorant men. It doesn't mean that they were illiterate. It doesn't mean they were unintelligent. <clears throat> it means in the light of the context that as far as the scriptures were concerned, they weren't studied in these things. And the Pharisees took knowledge of them that these fellows knew what they were talking about, even though they hadn't been to their colleges and uh, trained under them. Um, <clears throat> so we see a bit of his background and we go further in that and we look at the Gospel of John, as I said, we'll turn there in a moment, and that was to First John, I mean, sorry, John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 40 to 42. We see here Peter's conversion. Peter was introduced to Christ by his brother Andrew. As we read in these verses, John 1.40, one of the two had, who had heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he's pretty sure of that, <laughs> the way he said it. 
and he brought him to Jesus. And when, he, when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Although we don't have a definite statement here, such as Peter believed by faith on the Lord, it was probably at this time that Peter was saved. A believer by faith. Remember, this time the Lord hadn't died, hadn't been buried and hadn't risen again. But they were looking forward to that and that was going to happen and Pentecost happened and all the things there. But this is a time that he believed that Jesus was the Christ as his brothers said to him there. We see his name change in verse 42. So his background, his conversion, his uh, name is changed there. Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, and thou shalt be called Cephas, which by interpretation is a stone. <clears throat> so his name by birth was Simon, and that means God has heard. At this point, Christ gave him the Aramaic name of Cephas, which means a small stone or rock. The Greek equivalent is Petros, from which we derive the name Peter. Now, knowing that Peter was given his name helps us to understand Matthew 16 and verse 18, where Christ said to Peter, Thou art Peter, Petros, small stone or rock, and upon this rock, Petra, different word for rock, a large rock, Petra, I will build my church. And Christ played upon the name of Peter to point out that it was not upon Peter that the church was to be built, but upon the Lord Jesus Christ that the church was to be built. And this is verified in, in one of Paul's epistles, the epistle to the Ephesians. And chapter 2, verse 19 and following. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ, the, the large rock, himself being the chief cornerstone. So the Lord Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. And it reads on, In whom all the building, the church, Fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also ye are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And so, <clears throat> not Petros, Peter, but Petra, the Lord Jesus, the large rock. The rock of ages. <laughs> the rock in the book of Daniel that was hewn out of the mountain without hands and cast at the image that Nebuchadnezzar had seen of all the empires of the world. The rock, the Lord Jesus, smote all the empires and that rock, rock filled the whole earth. His empire will fill the whole earth in that day. And so, yes, <clears throat> we see there the change of Peter's name from Simon to Peter. His commission, Peter's commission. In Matthew's Gospel, we turn back to chapter 4 of the book of Matthew and verse 19. And we read there. <clears throat> and he saith unto them, 
Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, to this point, as we read before, he was a fisher. He fished for fish. He took that which was alive <laughs> and uh, out, of its, out of its natural habitat to the realms of death to be eaten. <laughs> Christ called him to become a fisher of men. To take that which was dead and lost and condemned and under God's condemnation and make it alive. The opposite to what he'd been doing as a fisherman. And so this is the commission, the first commission we have to the disciple Peter to follow the Lord Jesus along with others at that time. And uh, <clears throat> he would later be chosen as an apostle and chosen to be a disciple at this time. Peter had a profitable three years, as we might say, course under the master teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ, to teach him through many experiences, through many direct teachings from the Old Testament, through the parables that he started in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Matthew, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven parables. And, and Peter was learning all this time it was like an apprenticeship. It was on-the-job training. He was seeing the things happen. He was, the Lord was talking about things. The field, as a sower went out to sow, I'm sure there there was a sower. He learnt quite a lot on that occasion for three years from the Lord and his ministry. Before Peter got right into the ministry, after the day of Pentecost... We go to the book of John, the last chapter, and verse 21. John's Gospel, chapter 21, and verse 15. Well, we'll look at verse 3 to start with. John 21 and verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. Now, remember what I said before? Peter was outspoken at times, and a leader. And he said, I go fishing. Well, what was he doing? He's going back after he'd been commissioned by the Lord earlier that we'd already seen, going back to his old business. And uh, the other disciples too said, well, yes, we'll go with you. They said unto him, we go with thee. And so he led them back into that which the Lord had sort of called him. Well, he had called them out of that and called Peter out of that. And then later on in that chapter where they were fishing and they caught nothing and uh, the Lord was on the sea sh seashore and cooking the fish and have you caught anything? No, we've caught nothing. And, uh, and he said, cast out the net on the right side of the ship in verse 6 of 21 of John and ye shall find. They cast therefore and they that now they were able to draw in, they were not able to draw it in for a great multitude of fish that they had caught. And John recognised it was the Lord that told him to do this. And they, <coughs> he, uh, Peter jumped in, girded himself and jumped in and went over to the Lord and uh, been a few hundred yards out to see that they were. I wonder who stopped the fish getting in the net that night. <laughs> An angel chasing the, the schools of fish away. But the <coughs> there the fish came when the Lord said cast in and there they were 
And the Lord was teaching him a lesson. You rely not on yourself, Peter, not on your self-confidence. And he was a very self-confident man. That's why he just spoke out so quickly on many occasions. He had confidence in himself. But the Lord had to break that break that down that he might trust in the Lord and not himself. Does he not do that to us too? Brings us down that we might look up and be humbled and rely on him. And so his self-confidence was destroyed. <clears throat> In verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. I'm pretty sure that the Lord was referring to the fish. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love your former occupation more than me? Did you go back to that because you were sick of me, that you didn't love me. And I think the Lord was really putting his finger on Peter and pressuring him to think. And we need to think about it ourselves. What is it that takes our attention off the Lord and onto the things that we can self-rely on, that we are confident in? The Lord sometimes has to pull those props out that we might trust in him. He's pulling these props out from under Peter that he didn't rely on himself. And the Lord said, feed my sheep. There in verse 16, he says, he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. <laughs> feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And in verse 17, he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. <laughs> Peter knew what the Lord was saying and what he was doing to him. You see, it hadn't been very long ago that Peter had denied the Lord before the little maid and others there. And Peter was feeling the guilt of that. He wept bitterly on that occasion. That we'll see as we go on in our study. But <clears throat> he's now, the Lord is now bringing him back into fellowship, recommissioning him, restoring him, so that he might go out and be the leader that the Lord had trained him to be. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And uh, again, the Lord said, Feed my sheep. And that is larger sheep. So lambs, sheep, and larger sheep. And this was done before the other disciples, before, uh, before them all, as the Lord was talking to, to, to Peter, but the others were listening in. For we look over a little bit in chapter 21 of John. And Peter turned in verse 20 about, and seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, who also leaned on his breast at supper, we know that to be John, and said, Lord, who is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? And he's talking about John. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. 
The Lord didn't want Peter to be distracted by other people, whether they were doing the right thing or the wrong thing or what their ministry was. Mind your own business, Peter. <laughs> you know, to the Lord we fall or stand. To our own master we stand or fall. It's not the business of others to say, oh, what about him? What about him? And we shouldn't be comparing ourselves with each other. And Peter was tempting to do this on this occasion. And what about John? You know, he, Peter picked up that he was going to die a, a death of martyrdom. And what about him? And we know that John was the only one that didn't die as a martyr as far as the historical records go. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that's as far as they go. John they tried to kill, but he didn't. He was miraculously kept alive and he received the book of Revelation, the revelation that we have there. Um, <clears throat> Peter had to learn about taking up his cross and following the Lord. In the Gospel of Matthew, again we turn back there to chapter 16, and we find here in verse 24 to 26, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Mind your business and the business that God is doing in and through your life. For what, whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And so <clears throat> we are to die to ourselves and our ambitions, to our, as far as Peter's concerned, going back to fishing. We've got a new ministry. We've been recommissioned. We've been commissioned to do God's work. We're to die to what we would like to do, what we would like to achieve, where we would like to go, the career we might like to have. And we're to live and, be, and spend and be spent for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, when it's all said and done, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we've done for him, not what we've done for ourselves and ours or our families. It's what? We've done for the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> you know the, the love that we have for the Lord or to, uh, and, and our love in comparison with our families and our friends and uh, in this world, that, that love for those things is to be a, like hate as compared with our love for the Lord to serve and to minister Him. <clears throat> Are we dying daily as Paul said we ought to in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 31? Well, you have, and we've really almost run out of time, but you've got Peter's autograph and then Peter's apostleship. <clears throat> Peter, James and John are spoken of, as I said a little earlier, in many places together, doing different things. And uh, there's many verses, First Peter 1, 1, Matthew 17, 1, and... Um, 26.37, Mark 3.13 and 14. But these were the ones that were there at the transfiguration. <clears throat> they were there and called to pray with the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. But remember, just a moment ago, we talked about Peter and his denial of the Lord. And it only took a little girl to uh, say, you're one of them. And others that spoke up. 
And uh, Peter was afraid. Peter was scared. As it says in the Old Testament, they would flee. They would forsake the Lord. The sheep would be scattered. And the Lord prayed for them in John 17 that they wouldn't be scattered at the point of not returning to the group. And so it speaks of his apostleship there. Second Peter chapter 1 is an occasion where Peter's recounting the transfiguration in Second Peter chapter 1. It's First Peter, Second Peter. <clears throat> and he said this about that occasion. Moreover, in verse one, uh, verse 15 of chapter 1, Moreover, I will endeavour that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That is, the transfiguration. Peter, James and John, the apostles. <laughs> For he received from God, or disciples at that time, to become the apostles, he received from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And remember again, Peter spoke out. Let's build some booths. This was all about the glory of the Lord, not about booths and about people. It was about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's the voice, voice they heard. And his voice, which this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. But Peter went on to say this, we have a more sure word of prophecy. As an apostle, Peter got revelation under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, we have a more sure word of prophecy unto which you do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star, the Lord Jesus arise in your hearts. And so Peter was esteeming the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through the word of God and the revelation of God as just as or more important than having seen the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I think we should esteem the word because the word is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the living word. We have the written word and it speaks to us and helps us to grow in him and to know him. Um, <clears throat> Peter the Apostle Peter an Apostle it's, as it says back there in 1st Peter chapter 1 it has Peter an Apostle not the Apostle this use by the Holy Spirit's inspiration of a little indefinite article rather than the definite article refutes and corrects the false teaching about the primacy of Peter and refutes the claim that he was the rock or the first pope. He was just one of the disciples. He wasn't the disciple. Um, <clears throat> we have recorded in Matthew 26 and we'll look at it next time we get together next week. There about... <laughs> the low point of Peter's life, probably the lowest point that he ever got to. And you can read through that for next week in preparation for the study. And sometimes we get to those points. But praise God, we can come back. Even when we've denied the Lord, we can come back, confess our sins to him, 
he'll forgive us and he'll let us move on as he did Peter. And next week we'll move on into some of the ministries that Peter had as a leader of the apostles of the new found church in Jerusalem. And he was apostle to the Jewish people as Paul was to the Gentiles. So trust, we look forward to next week as we consider more about Peter. And just before we go, I'd like to mention a few praise points here that we can praise the Lord for. We can praise the Lord that for the safe arrival of another little girl in the Lewis household over in Israel at our time um, early in the morning, probably around three to five o'clock this morning, a little girl arrived. Um, Andrew was looking after the other seven and Rachel was there in the hospital. So we got that message today. Uh, praise the Lord that the message is going out. You know, I've said to a few people lately, you know, the devil might have stopped churches everywhere in their tracks, can't meet. But I think he shot himself in the foot because a lot of churches are putting things up like we are on the internet. They're up there permanently until they be taken down by anybody, but they're there for any and everybody to look at. And so the message is going out like it hasn't gone out for a long time in that they're permanently there. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, praise the Lord in the church here that most people have kept their jobs and some people, quite a few, have almost doubled the workload because of the things that they have to do to keep up with all needs to be done. And <clears throat> so let's keep praising the Lord in difficult times. And as we get into Peter, we're going to discover there it's a, it's a book that tells us how to, how to survive under the trials of life. And Peter knew all about that. If you read in the second, first chapter of Second Peter, there he was talking about the trials of life. That he was, and we read it earlier that he was about to die. He knew his time was up, and uh, so he was, he was under quite a little, a lot of trial. And he's speaking to those who are under trial as fellow Jewish believers, and encouraging them to keep on, be encouraged to keep on. And we'll see you on Sunday.